listening to Room 8 Radio Tower out of Northern Life School in Oakland, California. We're a middle school student-led podcast that reviews literature and reading-related content right from our English language arts homeroom, Room 8. together as a class and then discuss our ideas, opinions, as well as what we've learned about characters, plots, and inspiring stories. Our series is completely scripted and authored by students in grades 6th, 7th, and 8th and produced by a team of students and our ELA teacher. Each episode will offer our young, fresh take on books we've read in class throughout the school year. Today's episode is called Beyond Brave. When we got to the smithy, there was two kids playing out front the shop. Both kids ran screaming, Father, Father, come quick! The ringing of the hammer stopped, and the smithy rushed out to see what it had his cheering raising such a fuss. They ran right to him and shot me dirty looks from behind his legs. Once he seen Sill's ma and pa, the smithy spit at the feet of Spangler and said, I'll not be any part of chaining another human being, you filthy beast. Get off my property this minute or face the consequences. Blacksmiths ain't to be meddled with. Breathing in hot coals and hammering all day seem to make them not the most kindly folk you'll run into. And strong as they is, you don't want to take no chances on getting one of them vexed enough to take a poke at you, with or without a hammer. I throwed my hands up and said, Sir, I ain't looking to chain no one. I wants to know how much you're going to charge me to take their shackles off of them. Still's ma was still giving me suspicious looks. The smithy said, Are you jesting with me? No, sir. I ain't taking no one back into that. The smithy said, There will be no charge. I'll be greatly pleased to free these people. I turned to Sill's ma and pa. Her hand was covering her mouth. She said to Sill's pa, Chester... When we gets loose, you promise me you won't do nothing to him. It took the blacksmith an hour of hard work to get the irons off Sill's mom and pa. They rubbed their wrists and ankles. Their shoulders was already chafed raw and bloody. I was right shamed at how only three or four hours in chains had done so much damage. That's an excerpt from The Journey of Little Charlie by Christopher Paul Curtis. The book is a Newbery Medal winner and is set in the midst of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850, the historic law passed by the United States Congress of September 18, 1850. Little Charlie's story is at the center of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. In the book, Little Charlie must make some very hard, fast decisions proving that he is beyond brave and regardless of how difficult it may be, he can do what he knows is right.
The Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 was a compromise between Southern slaveholding interests and Northern free soldiers. It was one of the most controversial elements of the 1850 compromise because it heightened Northern fears of a slave power conspiracy. Basically, the act declared that all escaped slaves had to be returned to the masters upon capture and that law enforcement and free state citizens had to cooperate. Abolitionists called it the Bloodhound Law because overseers used bloodhound dogs to track down runaway slaves. The act was instituted because by 1843, several hundred slaves each year were escaping to freedom in the northern states, making slavery extremely unstable in the south. The act was just the start of many different elements of controversy surrounding slavery that ignited the start of the American Civil War from 1861 those that tried to rebuild in the north encountered much hardship because the new law was so heinous and because of the act 330 slaves were pursued captured and returned to their masters and plantations as a result many slaves in fact 20,000 fled to canada to escape the terror of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850. Canada set up five stations for the Underground Railroad, four in Ontario and one in Nova Scotia. The Ontario sites included the John Freeman Walls Cabin in Lakeshore, Uncle Tom's Cabin in Dresden, the Sandwich First Baptist Church in Windsor, and the Ellen Settlement in Buxton. Annapolis Royal and Birchtown accounted for the Nova Scotia site. Canada was an, an integral part of the Underground Railroad and many slaves found sanctuary in Canada, following the North Star, including the slaves on the run in the journey of Little Charlie. Though the journey of Little Charlie begins in South Carolina, it ultimately takes the book's protagonist, Little Charlie Bobo, north to Canada. At the start of the story, little Charlie is born into a poor, white sharecropping family on the Tanner Plantation just outside of Possum Moan, South Carolina. Though he lives an extremely impoverished life, little Charlie is strong and helps his pa with harvesting timber for furniture and other necessities. The Tanners also own slaves, and everything is managed by the evil and wicked overseer, Captain Buck. Little Charlie is only 12 years old, but when his pa dies suddenly and tragically and leaves Little Charlie and his ma in a terrible situation, Captain Buck sees an opportunity to use Little Charlie to his advantage. He forces him into an awful agreement to go capture thieves who stole $4,000 from Mr. Tanner. Little Charlie follows Captain Buck through the Midwest up to Detroit in, in pursuit of the thieves. But when they arrive in Detroit, Little Charlie realizes the story he has become a part of is not what it seems. Captain Buck has tricked him into hunting down and then capturing runaway slaves to return to the Tanner Plantation. In pursuit of the slaves, 
Little Charlie sees firsthand the horrors that the slaves suffer at the hand of Captain Buck. It makes him physically sick on more than one occasion. Before long, Little Charlie and Captain have to travel across the river to Canada to continue their pursuit. Canada had long been a place of refuge for slaves who had run away to seek freedom. Most left Detroit, where Little Charlie and Cap'n Buck began their hunt. Known as Midnight, Detroit was the starting point for freedom in Canada for most slaves. They would cross the Detroit River, nicknamed Jordan, a biblical reference to the river that led the Israelite slaves to the promised land. When slaves reached the end of their journey and arrived in Canada, it was known as Dawn. Slaves were therefore encouraged to take the railroad from Midnight to Dawn. Once they reached Canada, most of them arrived in Windsor, Ontario. They were free. Little Charlie finds himself in Windsor, Ontario, too, but rather than on the Underground Railroad to freedom, he is forced by Captain Buck to ride the rails in pursuit of missing Tanner slaves. Not before long, he finds himself wrapped up in a kidnapping attempt to try and return the Tanner slaves back to Possum Moan. What happens from this point in the story sees little Charlie in a desperate attempt to try and reckon the difference between good and evil. From what we've been able to understand from the story, little Charlie hates slavery. And not just because Captain Buck is the most evil man he's ever known. He hates slavery because of what it means for slaves. He sees the way they are treated in general. He sees how Captain Buck treats them. And then, at most crucial point in the story, he begins to understand that the trickery involved in Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 is shameful and wrong. Little Charlie's conscience begins to kick in, and he makes a decision that is not only beyond brave, but could cost him his own life just to save another. Joining us today at Roommate Radio Tower to talk about the journey of Little Charlie are two of our sixth graders, Kaya and Simon. Kaya, Simon, welcome to Roommate Radio Tower. We're so excited you're with us today. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. We really like this book, and Little Charlie is an amazing character and person. We've heard a lot of good things about this book. The Journey of Little Charlie by Christopher Paul Curtis has some inspiring lessons in the text. We're looking forward to what you have to share with us. Let's dive into the story. So, the book revolves around two main characters, Little Charlie Bobo and Captain Buck. We know that Little Charlie is the main protagonist, and without giving too much away, he becomes the unlikeliest hero at the end of the story. But before we get into what makes Little Charlie such a hero, Tell us, who is Little Charlie in between? After the tragedy of his father and before his great turning point. Before Charlie becomes a hero, he's just a 12-year-old boy from a poor, sharecropping family. The community in South Carolina he belongs to is in the middle of slavery. Where he's from, Possum Moan has a lot of poverty except for white plantation owners. So Charlie has grown up thinking that slavery is fine because he's been told that blacks are subhuman. After his dad dies, Charlie is told by Captain Buck that he has to pay off a debt his father never paid. Basically, Charlie becomes Captain Buck's bond server, slave catching assistant. Buck tells Charlie he has to do what he says if he wants his mother to live. So Charlie goes along with it and does it, and everything Captain Buck tells Charlie to do is just evil and wrong. So then, let's talk about Captain Buck. 
He's the villain of the story, but he's not a classic villain. He's just plain evil. And there are some things that Captain Buck believes and some things that he does prevent him from being a redeemable character or someone who can change for the better. What are those things? Captain Buck is an overseer and a slave catcher, and because that's his job, it means that nothing is going to stop him from going after the runaway slaves that Master Tanner has told him to chase. He not only mistreats the slaves he catches, he also punishes little Charlie when he doesn't do what he asks of him. Captain Buck is a very sinful man. He wants everyone to hear him and his wrath, but... Captain Buck is who he is because, like Charlie, he is surrounded by racism and hatred of blacks. Captain Buck was taught for an early age the ways of slave catching and overseeing. He really punishes and attacks blacks and slaves and the meek. Captain Buck, he even torches little babies in the story. His mindset is that anyone who isn't white is deserving of torture. Worst of all, Captain Buck thinks that slave catching is doing God's work. But we know that it's the exact opposite of God's work. God doesn't want people to be slaves. He wants people to be free. And then he uses little Charlie to do his work. And Charlie becomes the kind of person who sets slaves free and does good things on behalf of God. The journey of little Charlie is a coming-of-age story, but is one that is more than ordinary. Little Charlie comes of age in the book, but he does it in such a remarkable way that he becomes the opposite of Captain Buck, a character so worthy of redemption and forgiveness. What are some of the things that happened to him to get him to that point where, where he not only comes of age, but also finds himself delivered from all of the sinful things he did with Captain Buck? Well, little Charlie, he has a good heart. He really, a really good heart. He feels things like empathy and compassion, and he worries about the slaves. When he's with some slaves who are being captured by Captain Buck, he goes against Captain Buck's wishes to try and save the slaves. This is because, like I said, he has a really good heart. Little Charlie, he also feels remorse and shame for the sinful things he has done. He knows that he didn't really have a choice in being the bond servant for Captain Buck, but he also knows that what Captain Buck does is really wrong. He knows Captain Buck is committing crimes against other humans, and Charlie has a conscience that keeps telling him that there are good things and bad things. Charlie is really a hero in the story because even though the way of life he knows he knew was slavery of blacks, and even though at first he didn't question it, when he finally saw the brutality of slavery with his own eyes, he couldn't bring himself to do what Captain Buck asked. There are a couple places in the story where little Charlie feels trapped. He often talks about the luck of the Bobos. What made him feel trapped? Little Charlie talks about the luck of the Bobos as being bad and unfortunate, and it is, and it really is. In the book, Charlie says that the luck of the Bobos is the worst luck anyone can have. He says that in life there is good luck, followed by no luck followed by bad luck, followed by tragical luck, followed by the luck of the Bobos. And he experiences all of this in the story. He loses both of his parents in two tragic ways. He gets wrapped up in Captain Buck's slave catching, and then he ends up orphaned and homeless. There are many other examples of this bad luck in the story, but I think that when we talk about Charlie feeling trapped by the luck of the Bobos, 
We're talking about him trapped by Cat and Buck's sin. Charlie knows how important freedom is, and he loses his own freedom in the process of trying to capture slaves who have risked everything to pursue freedom. Charlie doesn't want others to be trapped, and he doesn't want to be trapped himself. Charlie knows the only way to not be trapped by Captain Buxton is to do everything it takes to fight for freedom. Powerful, and an inspiring way of explaining how Captain Buxton was what ensnared Charlie and kept him from not only helping others to find their own freedom, but from gaining his own. This story is full of so many important messages. So, why do you think Christopher Paul Curtis wrote this book? I think Christopher Paul Curtis wrote this book because it is a different perspective on slavery. It is Little Charlie's perspective on slavery, and this is very powerful. Little Charlie was a white sharecropper who grew up learning that people who didn't have the same skin color he had were subhuman and less than him. But over time, his opinions changed simply because he saw with his own eyes what was wrong. He saw the injustice firsthand. He knew how terrible it was. He knew Captain Buck was an evil, sinful man, and he knew after seeing slave families that there really wasn't a difference at all between them and him. He became close to a black boy his age and couldn't imagine himself handing that boy over to Captain Buck to be enslaved. But I think mainly he wrote this book to make a point that anyone, regardless of who they once were, can become a good person. They can change and do what is right even if they have done the wrong thing for their whole life. Little Charlie, he's someone who is forgiven. And in the end of the story, he knows he is capable of being forgiven. And this gives him the courage to do something that might cost him his life. One final question for you. What is the overall theme of the story? And why do you feel that particular theme is fitting? Courage, redemption, and freedom. If you listen to your heart and find the courage inside of you to do what is right when everyone else is doing what is wrong, you let yourself be redeemed, and when you're redeemed, you're free. Slavery was the act of injustice in this story, but it was also a symbol for how you can be enslaved by your past. Enslaved by the bad things adults in your life have done. Enslaved by society, enslaved by other people, but all it takes is one person who is brave, beyond brave, to step up and do something impossible. Look at Harriet Tubman. She not only helped many slaves find freedom because of her courage, she redeemed the United States from its sin of slavery, and it took so much courage. Harriet Tubman took a really big risk, and there is no other woman in history of the United States who has done more for the country. She was like the heroine of freedom during the time of slavery. And that's really the theme of the book were redemption and freedom. And the kind of brave courage it takes to be open to redemption and to want that kind of freedom, not just for yourself, but for the other people too. Wow, this has been very special. Thanks for joining us today. Available in paperback, from Scholastic, The Journey of Little Charlie is by Christopher Paul Curtis. He is a winner of the Newberry Medal in Honor, the Coretta Scott King Award in Honor, and the Canadian Library Association Book of the Year. You can visit him online at nobodybutcurtis.com. Join us again in a week for Episode 3, From Darkness to Light. We'll take a look at another offering by Christopher Paul Curtis, Newberry Medal and Coretta Scott King Award winner, 
The Watsons Go to Birmingham, 1963, chronicles the coming age of a young boy in a loving black American family in Flint, Michigan, who experiences one of the most horrific acts of racial violence during the height of civil rights in the 1960s. Episode 3 will prove to be our most moving episode yet, challenging you as a listener to ask yourself, is there someone you need to forgive? While inviting you to believe in the ultimate transformative power of love for everybody, unconditionally, all the time. Enjoy what you hear? Check for upcoming episodes and information at our website, www.room8radiotower.org. If you support student-led digital storytelling and reviews, then share Room 8 Radio Tower with others who might enjoy what we have to say. If you're interested in suggesting a book for our class to read, discuss, and review, visit our website, www.room8radiotower.org, and submit your suggestion on the contact page. We look forward to hearing from you.